Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Love of Speed Formula One podcast series. My name is Thomas Billsborough, and tonight I'm joined, as always, by the co-founder of the Love of Speed, Connor Farmer. Connor, how are you doing tonight? I am doing pretty well, as always. Uh, definitely excited to get into this uh, Grand Prix recap. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely some interesting points today that we have to go over. Yeah, today we're covering the Qatar Grand Prix that happened today. Uh, Connor, what did you think of the race overall? Like, Were you excited by it? Were you bored by it? What did you think of the race today? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think going in with, you know, just these three Grand Prix left in this season, uh, very excited, very ready to go. Once we got into it, I definitely can say I was uh, maybe overall a little bit disappointed. It was a, a bit of a, a messy Grand Prix uh, in terms of how I personally viewed it. Um, wasn't too much action in terms of our, our 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 main competitors, so to speak. But overall, it wasn't a, a bad race. I think it was, you know, definitely a, a new Grand Prix and a, a different format in terms of strategy and layout of the circuit itself. But yeah, overall, it, it was a fun weekend. But I, I think I expected a little bit more. Yeah, it was a it was a really strategy heavy race today with not really I mean, really the only overtaking spot that we saw was down at turn one. And that had a lot of action down at turn one. But today was really it was really strategy and who was where on the track and when. Uh, But let's take a look at our race results today. Lewis Hamilton won today from pole position, followed by Max Verstappen. Uh, Following alongside them was Fernando Alonso taking his first podium since 2014 followed behind by uh, Sergio Perez. Esteban Ocon takes P5. Lance Stroll finished today in P6 out of the two Ferraris of Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. McLaren's Lando Norris takes P9 today, and Sebastian Vettel rounds out our top 10. Uh, Connor, who was your driver of the day today? Who do you think really stood out and really had themselves just a phenomenal day out there on the track? Uh, Well, you know, I'm just going to have to... uh go with probably a fan favorite in terms of uh, who they'd pick for the driver of the day today. Uh, Fernando Alonso. Um, I think he had a great drive. Uh, definitely a, uh, a bold strategy to say the least in terms of that one stop strategy that they ran today, but he earned himself P three. Uh, it was great to see Fernando get a podium finish uh, this season. Uh, it was really, really a fun race for him. And I, I definitely enjoyed watching him throughout this Grand Prix today. So uh, he, he has my nod for driver of the day, personally. Yeah, Fernando Alonso, you could say that he got a little bit lucky with some of the penalties that we saw coming after qualifying. Now, uh, the front row was supposed to be Hamilton and Verstappen with Bottas behind. Uh, but those two actually got penalties for ignoring yellow flags as Pierre Gasly got a puncture in Q3. So the starting order today was Hamilton from Gasly on the front row followed by Fernando Alonso. Um, he did have a phenomenal race today. He, he was one of the drivers of the day, but for me personally, my driver of the day goes out to Sergio Perez. He started today in P11 and made his way up to P4, where he was able to bring home a good result for the team. So uh, that's the way that I personally look at it. I think Sergio Perez had a lot of doubt coming into this Grand Prix. He finished the practice sessions right around eighth place. He really seemed like he was off. Uh, just didn't really seem like he had the setup of the car right, maybe. I saw Red Bull working on the rear wing. But to go from P11 up to P4 on a track like Qatar, uh, he got my nod today for driver of the day. Uh, Connor, let's get into some of our notes from the race today. Uh, it really was a great start right off the line from Hamilton. We saw him carry that lead sort of just comfortably through that first lap. I believe he was 1.8 seconds out right after lap one. And he was really able to just have a bit of like a lonely race up at the front where nobody really was able to mount too much of a challenge to him. 
Uh, do you think that anybody really could have came close at all today? Maybe if teams ran a bit of a different strategy, or do you think that it was just another one of those weekends with Lewis Hamilton in, in a Mercedes where you're just not going to catch him? Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously right now it seems like uh, Lewis and that Mercedes team is, is has been pretty untouchable these last couple of weekends in terms of just the, the pure performance that they're they're showing and the pace that they're showing. Um, you know, if, if we, you know, maybe don't see uh, – that original uh, grid penalty there. Um, I, I, of course, I think Verstappen has maybe a little bit better of a chance to at least battle it out a little bit with him more earlier on in the race. Um, but, but overall, I, I really, I think, you know, other than that Red Bull racing team and, and Verstappen and or Perez, if he was, you know, granted closer, um, I, I, I think maybe they could have given him a bit of a, a run for his money today, but Overall, I mean, he got out to a great start, and and like you said, it it seemed to be just kind of a, a lonely race, and and Mercedes really, uh, in terms of his strategy today, they they nailed it on the head, and he was he was able to just kind of cruise out there and and have a a fairly stressless uh, uh, day there in Qatar. Yeah, it didn't really seem like anybody was really going to mount a challenge to Hamilton today. If it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Max Verstappen. Uh, today, it was Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen out at front. On average, it was right around an eight-second gap separating those two. But it was really just a, a two-headed race today with those two because the rest of the pack, on average, were about 50 seconds behind them. So, really, it was just going to be those two out there today. And when it came to the strategy, it was really Red Bull trying to mount some type of an undercut to Mercedes. And all Mercedes and Hamilton had to do was just cover off Verstappen. So, whenever Verstappen came into pit, Hamilton and Mercedes would follow, and that's just how the race was. It was it, They never really were able to mount up any challenge. And even with that grid penalty, we saw Verstappen starting back in P7. He was able to get up to P4 by the end of lap one, and even just a couple laps later, he was up to P2. So if he didn't get that grid penalty, it would have been closer, yeah. Um, but I don't think that Red Bull really had the pace to to fight with Mercedes today. And it's the second race in a row now where we see uh, Mercedes and Hamilton just dominate the race, just flags to finish, and nobody can really answer their pace. And with two races to go and only eight points separating Hamilton and Verstappen in the championship, that's going to make it real interesting when we head over to Saudi Arabia in a couple of weeks. Um, so it was when it came to P1 and P2, it was a lot of strategy. It was really just those two out there, just keeping it clean, just managing the gap, making sure that they weren't going to make any mistake. Um, and then from the rest down, we it got a little interesting as we looked further back in the grid. Um, so all the while, while it was Hamilton and Verstappen up at the front, it was a real battle today for P3 and Fernando Alonso actually brought it home today. Um, Fernando Alonso, he started today P3. It was his first podium that he was able to finish with since 2014 Hungary. And it was really, it was a battle of strategy with Fernando Alonso as well. But it was also making sure that they were able to cover off Sergio Perez later on in the race and you could say that the virtual safety car that came out at the end of the race kind of secured p3 for fernando um, especially as he ran a really really aggressive one-stop strategy and those tires at the end were just absolutely screaming we saw four maybe five punctures today all on the front left tire and it was a lot of from the teams trying to run a one-stop strategy so a lot of it for Alonso today was just tire management, pace management, and making sure that they could keep Perez behind. Uh, what do you think was the biggest factor in making sure that Alonso was able to secure a P3 today? Uh, I, I think, you know, as you said, you know, they they 
they stuck to that one-stop strategy um, and they, they really saw it through to the end. Um, I know that they, you know, were, were really kind of consistent on telling, you know, Alonzo to stay off the curbs, uh, high-speed curbs as much as possible during the uh, latter parts of the, the race there because they, they were very aware that, you know, these, these tires and these curbs were not really playing nice with each other today. Um, so I, I think just really sticking to that game plan and going with that one stop, could they have possibly squeezed in a second stop there and still been competitive with Perez? I, I think possibly. Um, but I, I think when you have such a seasoned driver as Alonzo is, um, they, they had the utmost confidence in, in his ability to uh, see the race through to the end. And uh, he did exactly that. And um, I, I think also looking at the fact that, um, you know, Perez had to fight through uh, teammate Alcon and also had to fight past uh, Norris as well. Um, you know, it definitely, it, it was a strategy that they, they took a bit of a gamble on, but at the end of the day, um, you know, along with that safety, virtual safety car as well, as you said, it, it paid off for them massively. And it was a, a great day altogether for the Alpine team. Yeah, the one-stop strategy today was extremely risky, especially when it came to those green and white marked high-speed curbs around some of those corners. I mean, they were just shredding cars, shredding front wings. It was real dangerous to get out on some of the more edgy parts of the track. Now, looking at the strategy for P3, we saw Alonzo commit to a one-stop early on in the race because we saw a lot of the the drivers that started on the soft tires, if they were going to commit to a two-stop strategy, we saw them pitting anywhere from lap 10 up to maybe lap 18, where Alonzo actually went longer on the softs than Perez did on his first stint on the medium. So that was Red Bull immediately saying like, hey, we're going to commit to a two-stop. Now, could Red Bull have posed a better challenge to Alonzo if they decided to go with a one-stop? Because he was ahead of Alonzo for a little bit there. Um, I would say it's debatable. But at the same time, it was just so crucial with the Pirelli tires today to make sure that they made it to the end of the race. And a lot of drivers didn't. And Lando Norris is a prime example of that, where he was on pace today to really have a nice, solid result for the team. He was ahead of the two Ferraris, um, but a late puncture for him brought him into the pits and threw all that away. Uh, so, Connor, let's move right on into Sergio Perez. So he started in P11. It was a really shaky qualifying, really shaky practice sessions. He was able to bring it home P4. Was there anything more that you think he could have done? Or do you think that was like the max that they were going to be able to get out of him? Um, I think that he did just about all that he could do. Um, again, being such a heavy traffic uh, track that they raced at today, um, it, it was definitely going to be a hard challenge to begin with in terms of him really being able to pick up positions. Um, obviously we all knew that he had the pace and the talent to it and the, the car also, but uh, I think just him getting into the position that he was able to get into um, and, and, and get up to that fourth spot to secure some solid points for the Red Bull team was, was not only more than enough, but it was, it was a definite, you know, valent effort on his end. And um, it, for sure was was worthy of that driver of the day title that you uh that you've given him for sure um i think that again possibly the one stop you know you could have seen a different outcome but at the end of the day between the you know points differences in p3 and p4 you know just a, a three point difference there so again he, he brought home some extremely valuable points in that constructors championship that uh is now ever so close yeah, it's about a, a five-point difference in the constructors now, correct? Yep, it is now going to sit at 
Mercedes 546.5 to Red Bulls 541.5 with just two Grand Prix to remain. It is uh, extremely close after, you know, we, we saw it kind of go a little distant after uh, last weekend's Grand Prix where we saw Mercedes take a, a nice little chunk into the lead. Uh, after today's results, it, we, we saw that lead dwindle right back to the five current points that it sits at now. So it is definitely still up for grabs. It is anybody's game. And uh, these two last races will be extremely significant for sure, to say the least. Yeah, Mercedes lead as they were leaving Sao Paulo last weekend was just about 30 points over Red Bull. But now we come to Qatar and Valtteri Bottas. Uh, he had a DNF today. He had a puncture uh, about midway through the race or so, but it did a lot of damage to his car because it was the floor that was really dragging along the track going down. So Mercedes actually retired Valtteri from the race, and that kind of opened up the door for Red Bull to take a nice chunk out of that lead. So it's two Grand Prix to go and five points separating P1s and P2. Now let's focus on P5 for today's race. We had Esteban Ocon bring it home for Alpine. He was another one of the drivers today that we saw go on the one-stop strategy. He went from the softs and finished out the day on a 33-lap stint on the hard tires. Uh, very similar to Fernando Alonso, a lot of tire management, a lot of pace management. Um, how do you think Ocon's race was today? Were you impressed to see him up there in P5, especially you know who he finished ahead of as well? Or do you think that this was a result that we should be seeing more of from Esteban Ocon. Oh, I think it was definitely impressive. I think that, you know, we, we'd like to see him up in the, the, you know, maybe 10 to five range, but we, we consistently see him around there. Anyways, this fifth place finish was definitely pretty impressive by him, you know, being able to outlast stroll and, and signs and even Leclerc and Norris as well. Obviously Norris had some bad luck at the end there with the puncture, but you know, he, he overall, he ran a great race, I believe, um, you know, did his part in trying to defend against Perez, you know, to, to really uh, give Alonso all the uh, cushion that he needed in, in order to, you know, really keep Perez behind him in that P4 spot. So I, I, I'm pretty impressed with the way that Alpine uh, delivered today in general. But uh, in terms of Esteban Alcon, I, I definitely enjoyed his drive and uh, I think it was uh, well needed and, and very well deserved. Yeah, I was a bit impressed by Ocon today, too. Um, I don't really know so much, though, that we can say that he comfortably, you know, fended off Perez to help secure P3 for Alonso because um, Alonso and Alpine came on the radio to Esteban Ocon and told him, hey, we need you to hold up Perez, like defend like an absolute lion. And that only lasted for about two corners, and then Perez was by him. I really think it was a virtual safety car that came in right at the proper time because Alonzo's tires towards the end of the race, they were just absolutely screaming. I mean, I think a couple more push laps and if he ran a little wide over some of those green and white curbs and we could have seen what would have been a fantastic podium immediately be thrown out to possibly even a DNF. And there even might still be some drama for that podium for Fernando Alonso as he's currently under investigation for not slowing down enough under the virtual safety car. So we'll have to see what's going to come from that. Um, another impressive driver today was Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. He brought a home P6 and he made up six positions in the race today. Lance Stroll was another one of the drivers to run a one-stop strategy, but he went from the mediums to the hard tire. He ran a 34-lap stint on the hardest to finish out his day. How do you think uh, Aston Martin as a whole did? Because they got a they got a double points finish with Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. We just said on Friday that that was really something that the team needed by the end of the season. So they could have some type of like a good morale to build off of going into next season. So 
looking at Aston Martin today, how important do you think that was for them? I think it was a massive day for um, the Aston Martin team. I really think that it was a race weekend in which, you know, as we said, it, it, it does a lot for just the confidence overall. Um, you know, they, they both performed at a solid level. And um, they both, you know, they, they, they showed that they can be competitive in this midfield battle. So I thought it was great. I thought Stroll had a pretty good race. Um, Sebastian Vettel getting that 10th place finish, securing a point for them. Um, at this point in the season, obviously, there's not much of a battle going on between who, you know, they're near and the constructors and whatnot. But for, for morale standards and, and just for uh, the overall feel of the team, I, I definitely think that. It's a feel-good weekend for them, and uh, going into the final two Grand Prix, it uh, it gives them something to kind of build off of and uh, work towards for sure. Yeah, I mean, as we know, we're not we're not carrying the cars over to next season, you know, regulations-wise. It will be brand new cars uh, next season, but Aston Martin are pretty much looking for any type of like a morale boost to say like, hey, we've done it before, so we know that we can do it again. So I think a weekend like this is important for a team like Aston Martin, and we'll have to see if they can continue that form through the end of the season. Um, looking into P7 and P8, we had the two Ferraris of Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Now, Charles Leclerc was a real standout driver today because he had a Q2 exit yesterday out of qualifying, and he only qualified in 13th. And he was about a second off of the pace, and that raised a lot of red flags. And they actually did a pretty thorough examination of the car afterwards, and they had found a crack in the chassis. So they replaced the chassis overnight, he doesn't need to start from the pit lane because it was the exact same chassis that they had started with. So they were still in the park for May regulations and he was able to move up from P13 to P8 to bring it home today. Now, one of the standout things that we saw from Ferrari today was we saw them use the exact same strategy on both their drivers. They had them both on one stops and they actually on lap 28 pulled out the double stack where they brought in Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc into the pits at the same time. Both pit stops went flawlessly. Neither driver lost any time, and they were able to get back out on track and secure a good result for the team today. So, uh, Connor, what do you think? How do you think Ferrari did today? Do you think that they could have done better, worse, or do you think that was a solid result for them? I think when you look at that team uh, and you look at the talent, obviously, you, you believe that they can always do a little bit better, especially when they have a P7 and P8 finish. Um, I think they might have been able to do a little bit better overall. I'm not sure if their pace was completely there. Um, but in terms of securing some massive points in their uh, their battle against McLaren and the constructors, I, I think they did a pretty solid job. Uh, I think overall they raced it clean today, um, raced it somewhat conservative, maybe somewhat safe. Um, but o- overall, I think it was a good race for them, and I, I'm sure that they're pleased with the results. Uh, after seeing you know McLaren struggle a little bit today, um, I, I think that they're happy with with the 10 points going towards that constructor's third place standings. Um, so I, I overall think that they had a solid day and I think they're happy with their results. Yeah, I think that they're happy with the results too, coming to a new track and just getting a solid result for the team. However, I think that they could have played the cards a little better with Carlos Sainz because he actually lost two positions today because he had qualified up in fifth, but he had finished the race in seventh. And I think that if Ferrari were to run a two-stop strategy like Mercedes did with Hamilton, because Sainz and Hamilton both started on the mediums. Now, Hamilton ran a two-stop where he went medium hard and then he finished the race on another set of mediums. I think if Carlos Sainz and Ferrari ran a similar strategy, then we could have seen Carlos Sainz move up to P5. However, P7 and P8, they know that their battle is with McLaren and they finished ahead of the McLaren. So really, that's all that they could ask for. 
Uh, but actually moving into McLaren, we saw P9 for Lando Norris and P12 for Daniel Ricciardo. So, Connor, what happened with McLaren this weekend? Uh, you know, I think it, it was, you know, a, a bit of a mis, a misfortunate, you know, it was an unfortunate, excuse me, uh, round of events for Norris in terms of um, it really seemed like he, he might have had that uh, P5 position or even P4 position locked up. But he, uh, you know, ran into the puncture late in the race, had to come in and, and grab a new set of tires there. Um, I, I think that the pace was there for Norris. I, I think Ricardo, you know, you, you saw him struggle for most of the weekend. Um, but I, I think the, the overall pace just wasn't quite there. And then running into, you know, just, again, the, the difficulties in terms of traffic and, you know, making sure that they really could – uh, take care of those tires for uh, a Grand Prix that's as as vicious with the tires as this one was. Um, I, I think it was just a a weekend that they they saw you know was, was pretty difficult, and uh, that's where they eventually ended up. They just struggled to keep that pace, and uh, luckily they did get some points at the end there. But it definitely was a disappointing race weekend for uh, the McLaren team. Yeah, we saw both the McLarens uh, at least attempting a one-stop strategy on both sides. Daniel Ricciardo was able to finish the one-stop strategy. He went from the mediums to the hards, and he actually made up two positions in the race because he qualified in 14th, but he had finished in 12th. Um, However, Lando Norris was also going for a one-stop strategy. They were going to go from the softs to the hards and just finish out right around like a 30-lap stint, but he had that puncture at the end of the race, had to come in set on another set of mediums and finish out the race. And that really threw away all that hard work that we saw from McLaren. And that points now for P3. What is it? Ferrari is up by 40 points now heading into Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Currently we have a Ferrari 297.5 to McLaren's now 258 in the constructor standing for that third place spot. So definitely a, uh, a somewhat comfortable lead for Ferrari with the, you know, the way that they've been consistently in the points this season Um, definitely seems like, you know, barring any types of, you know, disastrous results in the next two Grand Prix that they'll have that place pretty well locked up uh, unless McLaren can, you know, pull something out of the bag and uh, really put on some performances. Yeah, it really does seem like Ferrari sort of have that P3 wrapped up. Um, sort of as we thought that they would, especially since they brought all the upgrades following Sochi and uh, a couple of the rounds right around there. And um, it just really looked like Ferrari was going to have that P3 secured. Ferrari is still my personal favorite to keep an eye on for next season. Um, But that's just looking at what they're doing behind the scenes. I think that Ferrari is going to be a real force to reckon with next season. However, this season, it really does seem like they have P3 secured, which is absolutely phenomenal if we look back at where they were in 2020. I mean, so a huge step up from Ferrari. I think they're going to continue that form through the last couple of races this year, and then I think they're going to be a real force to reckon with next season. Um, Connor, let's shift into Alpine and Alpha Tauri. As we know, coming into this race, they were deadlocked even at 112 points. The race prior at Saudi Arabia, they were deadlocked even at 106 points. So they were tied for the last two Grand Prix. And then we get to Qatar and we see Fernando Alonso in P3 and Esteban Ocon in P5. Granted, that is with Pierre Gasly starting today in P2. And Sonoda started right around 7th or 8th, I believe. Yep. So, Connor, like what happened with AlphaTauri this weekend? Because it seems like they had P5 in the bag, that they were going to be able to secure a great result in this walk right off into Saudi Arabia with P5 secured. So what went wrong with them today? Yeah, you know, it, it really looked like they uh, they not only had the pace to uh, 
just kind of stay in that that midfield around you know the the, the P3s and, and and P5s of the world but I just think again uh, in terms of the strategies today that teams really struggled with in terms of you know whether or not they wanted to go with a one stop or a two stop and, and really just battling um, you know that that tire wear and that traffic that you know you really didn't see much opportunity in terms of being able to overtake here um, I think that they, they fell off a little bit in terms of their pace. And then once they had to get into their strategies, um, it just kind of fell apart for them a little bit. They ran into some heavy traffic. And uh, from there on out, it really just it, it wasn't a, an opportune space for them to, you know, see any windows and get past them for sure. Yeah, I think AlphaTauri kind of I think they threw the race away early. Um, they committed to two stop strategies very, very early in the race. And I think it was too early. Actually, Yuki Sonoda came into the pits right around lap 10. I mean, he was the first, he was the first driver to come into the pits to commit to the two stop strategy. And Pierre Gasly followed in suit just a couple of laps later. And I think it was just way too early to pull the trigger on that because what happened was the track and the field wasn't spread out enough yet. And they pulled him into the pits and then put them right out into traffic and said, okay, now you have to make up all these positions. And in doing so you burn through those tires that you are setting the strategy on. And I really think that it was just a blunder from AlphaTauri today on the strategy on both sides. It wasn't a bad idea to run the two stops because as we saw with the degradation of tires today with the one stop strategy runners, it was a real risk to try to make up set of tires run to the end of the race. So I think the two stop was the safe bet. I just think AlphaTauri didn't, they didn't execute it properly. In my opinion, I, they had the pace in hand. They had the track position in hand and I think they just threw it away on some pretty poor strategy results. Would you agree? Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, if, if their original strategy was to go out on the softs, then, um, you know, as you said, they, they came in very, very early. Uh, you would have probably liked to see them push those tires a little bit longer. You know, maybe there was something going on, uh, you know, within the scenes that they thought that they might have had to, you know, maybe had an advantage on or, or maybe they saw something that they thought they could take advantage of in terms of coming in a little bit sooner. But um, but yeah, overall, it did just kind of seem like they they, they rolled over on that that strategy and uh, didn't really give their drivers a chance to uh, come back and have a, a fighting chance to make up those places. Because, as you said, you know, uh, getting them further back into the field, you know, that that wear and tear that they're putting on the tires now trying to uh, be a little bit quicker and trying to fight their way through that field uh, uh, near near the end of the race. If they were going to do a two stop, then it, it definitely uh, it looms pretty big on where the, the car can even be taken at that point later on. Yeah, we saw Alpine run one-stop strategy on both of their cars and AlphaTauri run two-stop strategy on both of their cars. And the difference is Alpine finished the race in third and fifth and AlphaTauri finished the race out of the points. And it, it was just a poorly executed strategy from AlphaTauri on a weekend where it literally could not have been more important. I mean, you come into the race for the second Grand Prix in a row that you're tied and you just threw it all away on a strategy. But, you know, these things happen and this is racing at the end of the day. And if you can't get the strategy, right, then you can't get the strategy, right. But uh, Connor, let's shift now into Mercedes and Red Bull because we, we come into the grand prix weekend with, we saw a narrowing gap slowly in the driver's championship, a slowly building uh, constructors championship. How do you think the race overall played out for these two teams? Like where could they have done anything different and where could they have pulled a bit more of an edge on their opponent? Um, you know, to be completely honest with you, I, I think, um, you know, when we look at 
the strategy that Lewis Hamilton had today and, and the way that his car performed and the way that he drove, uh, I really don't think that they would have changed anything at all in terms of his strategy. I think that he got out to a brilliant start and uh, he was able to create some comfortable space for himself. Uh, and as you said, they just kind of followed suit when they saw Max Pitt. They followed suit and, uh, you know, just made sure that they gave themselves enough breathing room to be able to undercut and hop right back in before he was, you know, even ever in the question of uh, giving Lewis any trouble today. Uh, I think, you know, maybe for Red Bull, you know, you try being a little bit more aggressive in terms of the, you know, the, the strategies, you know, whether or not they could have done a one stop with Perez there. Uh, it's, it's kind of all just a toss up. I, I think that they both came in with decent strategies today and um, both got decent position. Uh, and I think, you know, it's obviously a, a, a bit unfortunate for Valtteri and uh, the way that he has been performing over the last couple of Grand Prix. Um, and unfortunately, that's just the, the way it goes in terms of the wear and tear that these cars are going through. Uh, there's not really much he could have done, I think, differently in order to, you know, avoid that situation from arising. But uh, I think overall, they both played it to what they wanted to play it to. Uh, just for Mercedes and Lewis, it definitely played out perfectly to uh, what they had in mind before the Grand Prix. I think the only thing that could have really been done differently in the fight between Mercedes and Red Bull, because as we saw, it was really just, it was a tight battle. Well, not really too tight of a battle between Hamilton and Verstappen um, out at the front. It was really just those two trying to keep it clean and keep it on the track. However, if I were to change anything with any of those strategies, I would have tried for Perez on a one stop because we've seen that Perez can nurse tires for much further than the tires should really last. So I think that could have came in handy today and could have secured P3. But at the same time, looking at Valtteri Bottas's strategy today, they they sent him out for way too long on those mediums to try to pull up a one-stop. Now, they pitted him right around 31, lap 31, to try to bring him in to pull off a one-stop, and it, it was just never going to work. They kept him out for way too long. I think that they should have taken... I think Red Bull should have taken Sergio Perez and switched him over to a one-stop, and they should have taken Valtteri Bottas and switched him over to a two-stop. And the one-stop for Bottas obviously didn't work because he had to he had that tire blowout, and it was just race thrown away. So if I were to change anything, that's the things that I would have adjusted personally. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with you there. It seems like, you know, these teams have to, to come up with a strategy so quickly and on the fly sometimes that, you know, you, you really just – you gun for a, a strategy and you gun for an option hoping that it will work out. And, uh, unfortunately, sometimes the, the cards just don't fall in your place and uh, you have to, you know, abort mission. Yep, chess at 200 miles an hour, as they say. Uh, Connor, we have a fan question. Uh, it's coming in from Aaron Lewis. Now, if you want to send us in a fan question, feel free to reach us out on Twitter at the love of speed. And we'll be happy to submit your answer right on into our next episode. Now, our question today, looking at the strategy today and just how crucial it was in this race that was so dependent on track position, uh, not really too much on track action happening. So the question is, what was the better strategy choice, a two stop or a one stop? You know, I uh, it's it's really a, a pretty hard question in terms of how you look at you know, the results of this race, uh, you know, you look at some teams who went with a one stop and had a very good day and uh, a very solid day for the team, uh, as we saw Alpine do. But then you look at some of the teams that went with the two stops and, and they also, you know, they, they ran a, a great race. I think personally, um, 
with it being uh, not a, a, a lot shorter of a race, but a bit shorter of a race than some of the other ones that we have, uh, I, I think a one-stop, you know, it, it could have been beneficial for some teams here today. Um, and I, I think that overall, if, if the pace was there and, uh, you know, we have, you know, someone of the likes of, you know, Sergio Perez, who, as you said, you know, is a master at nursing his tires longer than, you know, they, they should go. Um, I, I think the one-stop strategy might have been a, a better a better opportunity for some of these teams today. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure that a lot of the, the final decisions just came down to, uh, you know, not knowing how those curbs were really going to beat up on these tires today. And uh, a lot of teams just went for that, that two-stop approach, thinking that it would be the, the only way that they could finish the race in one piece. Yeah, I think the two-stop strategy was better today. Um, and that's why we saw Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen on the two-stop strategy, because I think if those two drivers were going to try to pull off the race today on a one-stop while keeping the pace that they were and going through those tires as they were, the one-stop was not going to work for a strategy like that. However, if you're just trying to manage the gap behind and look for the nice pit windows to come out of, then a two-stop strategy could have easily worked for you. But I think today it was just a two-stop type of race the nature of the track with a lot of the high speed corners and just the amount of a lot of the the right hand corners as well with how much force it puts on the front left tire. If you're going to try to have a battle up for the lead, it was just going to be a two stop type of race, especially on a, on a weekend where it was just all about track position and strategy. It was just a two stop is the way to go this weekend. Yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely can see where, where both benefits are are there in terms of the strategies when you're looking at them in the, the bigger picture, but when you uh, when you really boil it down, it's just it, it was either a hit or miss this weekend. So it was a uh, pretty interesting to see how teams let it unveil and let you know the the whole scenarios kind of fold out. And and as we watched it today, it was definitely interesting going into these you know final two Grand Prix to see what the strategies will really be with these teams and uh, how hard they'll start to push. And uh, you know if if we'll see any more of that aggressive one stop nature coming into play in these final two Grand Prix. Yeah, I was about to say we're coming up to the final two Grand Prix. Now, we're heading into Saudi Arabia. Our Constructors' Championship has Mercedes ahead by five points. Ferrari's ahead by just about 40. Alpine comes out of this weekend about 25 points ahead. Now, we have two Grand Prix to go, and really our only championship battles are for P1 and P2. So, Connor, we head into Saudi Arabia now. What are some of the things that you're looking to take away as we head into Saudi Arabia? What's going to be some of the next talking points as we especially have a week off with no Grand Prix this next weekend. As we're looking, especially at Hamilton's pace and Mercedes, what do you think some of the biggest talking points are going to be? Well, I really think we, we look at, you know, the pace of Mercedes right now and how, how on Hamilton has been. Um, I think we, we just kind of, we have to question, you know, as we've talked about before, uh, the reliability of that Mercedes car there. And if, if this performance can last these final two Grand Prix. I think if we look at it and we, you know, we really boil it down to it being reliable for the last two Grand Prix, then it, it really shakes up to be quite a difficult task. You know, it, it sounds kind of kind of silly to say almost when, you know, Max Verstappen still has that lead in the driver standings, but it, it seems like it may almost be a difficult task for him to contain uh, Lewis Hamilton behind him in that second place uh, spot there in the driver standings. So it, It'll be quite interesting to see if, if they have any, you know, strategies or if they pull out any, you know, secret weapons, so to speak, in terms of trying to gain a, a slight edge on 
the the pace that Mercedes has been holding these last couple of Grand Prix weekends. Red Bull is going to have to come up with something because this is the second Grand Prix in a row where Red Bull didn't have an answer to Mercedes and Christian Horner came on the radio and said, yeah, this is Max, this is damage limitation. Good job today. You can't have any more damage limitation because if Hamilton wins in Saudi Arabia and Verstappen comes home second, we go to Abu Dhabi dead tied even. So the time for damage limitation is over and we need to go into Saudi Arabia now and Red Bull has to, they got to come up with something. Otherwise they, they really run the risk of losing this championship to Hamilton. And that's not any discredit to Hamilton and Mercedes. That's all the credit to Hamilton and Mercedes because it's just a phenomenal job that they're pulling off over there. So my biggest takeaway is we see P3 is pretty secure. P5, that's pretty secure as well. All of the focus is on Red Bull and Mercedes with these last two races. And Mercedes has all the momentum. They have all of it. They won the last two Grand Prix. Just, I'm, it's all to play for. So we're headed into Saudi Arabia now. And I just, nobody really knows what's going to happen coming up. So. Yeah, it definitely seems like a pretty big toss-up, but I, I think it's it's got to be one of the most exciting times of the year, obviously, for the sport. And to see such a, a tight-knit battle and to see, you know, Red Bull really competing for that championship in the constructors for, you know, the first time in seven years now, it, it really is uh, is something that it makes the sport really exciting again. It makes these final two Grand Prix even more suspenseful and uh it definitely makes me wish that uh, instead of it being two weeks away, it was one week away. But as we know, we still have to have a finished track for that. So uh, uh, definitely looking forward to see how that all shapes out there and uh, really see how that, that track will uh, suit these teams here going into this you know, one final of two Grand Prix that we have. Yeah, that is a good point. They're still not done building the thing there in two weeks, but... You know, we're going to keep you posted on everything that's happening in the Formula One world here on A Love of Speed. Keep an eye out this coming weekend for a sprint episode, as there is no Grand Prix this coming weekend, but we'll be sure to get some content out for you. Uh, Connor, do you have anything else for us tonight? No, I uh, I think that's it. Thank you again, guys, for all the support. Uh, I definitely look forward to having a little sprint episode for you guys next weekend. Um, again, follow us at The Love of Speed on Twitter. If you have any fan questions, feel free to DM us and we will definitely get to them. Uh, Tom, anything from you? No, that pretty much wraps it up on my end. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of The Love of Speed and we will see you on the next one.